Hello, my fellow sickos and Catholics alike. Welcome back to another episode of the Outlast Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about y'all's boy, Father Loudemilch, the teacher himself, the creepy pedophile. So, Father Loudemilch is actually a music teacher. His status is unknown, and his gender is he's a male with black hair, and he has brown eyes. He shows up in Genesis, Job, Lamentations, Judges, and Leviticus. Yeah, sorry, I butchered that word a lot. He says to Blake, You're not evil, Blake. Just confused. He's taunting Blake because he's a manipulative fucking pedophile is what he is and a piece of shit. Father Loudemilch is actually an antagonist in Outlast 2. He was a music teacher at their high school, which is St. Symbol, I guess. It's a Catholic learning institute where Lynn and Blake Lingerman, as long as Jessica Gray, were enrolled in. It is implied that he raped and killed Jessica by pushing her down the stairs and then staged her death as a hanging. What? So he tried to say that she committed suicide? I'm so confused. Like, when he opens the door and sees Jessica laying on the stairs, she's sliding on her back. And it's only a couple steps. I'm like, bro, if he would have, like, grabbed her and thrown her down the stairs, she definitely wouldn't have ended up like that. She would have rolled down the stairs or fell down sideways or some shit. I don't know. They could have done a better job of, you know, her death, honestly. Father Loudemilch can be seen variously throughout Blake's hallucinations, laughing, singing, speaking, and taunting him. After some time passed, Blake starts to perceive Loudermilch as a demon. This can be proven by the red birthmark above his right eye, which the demon also bears. When Blake approaches a well in the village, the demon's tongue pulls him in. After Blake winds up Jessica's music box and finds her hung, the demon's tongue appears and pulls Jessica into the ceiling into another hallucination. Blake roams a long, dark hallway when all of a sudden the lockers start to open and close violently. As Louder Milch echoes, when Blake approaches the exit door, the demon spawns and throws him to the end of the hallway. Blake suddenly appears in a locker, and Father Louder Milch is standing right in front of the locker. Then he walks away. Blake opens the locker and starts to walk about the school when he notices a computer in one of the rooms is turned on, and he opens up an email. I took Miss Gray out of physics eds today to have a little talk with her. Father Loudemilch was telling me he was worried that she is a touch more sensitive than is good for her. And I don't doubt it. Poor girl. I've known you dealt with your dad and his big personality. And her mother was a real tragedy. God rest her soul. But anyways, Father Loudemilch says he thinks it might not be a good idea for Jessica to go on the field trip to the piano factory. Who the fuck goes to a piano factory on a field trip? That is the dumbest fucking thing ever. I'm sorry. And I tend to agree. She seems like a decent risk of a runaway. Hey, being a runaway was probably the best bet for her. Or going and moving in with fucking Blake or something. On top of which, her father's signature on the permission slip is a little embarrassing. And what an obvious forgery it is. So I'll need your say-so to suspend permission. We'll put her on the library study for that day. You're a piece of shit, Loudemilch. Like, who the fuck let her just, like, be alone with him while everybody went on a field trip? There was nobody else in the fucking school? Wow. I would have been suing them like a motherfucker. Later on, Loudemilch can be heard singing a song along with Jessica. Oh, that's gotta be creepy. When Blake returns a phone, a 
When Blake returns, a phone can be heard ringing inside of one of the offices. As Blake approaches, the demon walks out and runs for Blake. Blake tries to hide, and then the demon disappears. Returning back, Blake picks up the phone, and a familiar voice can be heard on the other end. Hello? Hello? Oh, thank God. You're alive. I need you to stay calm. We're going to get you help. We'll get you out of there. I want you to find a place to hide. Someplace safe, where you can remember the taste of her kiss. When you felt her neck break, you diseased cocksucker! A tongue then appears on the phone, taking Blake by the neck. Then Blake throws the phone down and the tongue disappears. When Blake exits the office, all the doors close violently and the demon appears again, chasing after Blake. In the next hallucination, Blake walks under the school in a hallway system where all the pipes and cables are located. He finds his way through a corridor where the demon appears and chases him. Blake is rowing down a lake when the tongues spring out of the water and pulls Blake in. He has another vision of the demon chasing him. This time, he is in a school swimming pool. Well, damn, I didn't know their school had a swimming pool. He finds way up in the stairs where another chase happens. Now, finding himself in the school library, Blake makes his way through the confusing maze of shelves when the demon appears at the end. When Blake hears Jessica screaming, he turns around and runs for her with the demon right behind him. After Blake falls down into a pile of bodies, he lies on top of Jessica on the stairs. She is visibly beaten and her neck is broken. We could see the demon on top of the stairs looking down at Blake. Blake runs around the school and Loudermilch taunts him. As Blake and Jessica are making their way from their hiding place in the kitchen, Loudermilch steps out of one of the doors and he questions Blake and Jessica about their whereabouts in the school at this time. When he tells them to step back into class, he threatens Blake and Jessica by talking to their parents. He orders Blake to leave, but as he heads out, he hears Jessica screaming for help. He runs back to the classroom where he could see Jessica and Loudermilch are gone. Jessica could be heard in which is only to be assumed a fight with Loudermilch. Then Blake finds her brutalized corpse on the stairs and could be assumed that Loudermilch forced Blake to go along with the suicide cover-up. So, let's get into Loudermilch's personality. So, Loudermilch speaks like any other priest. Finely, fatherly, and maturely. Beneath his kind exterior, however, exists deeply disturbing urges and beliefs, molesting a young girl to the point where she deftly afraid of his mere presence and ending with her violent, gruesome murder cover-up as a suicide. The school recordings in the game have strange, nonsensical voices in them. When played in reverse, we can hear them as the voice of Loudermilch. The voice seems to be his inner thoughts of God, well, on God and how he is happy he was born with talent. He is interested in music and math and love, and sometimes thinks music and math help him cope. Later on, Loudermilch is shown to have inappropriate thoughts on children's sexuality, hoping to share their discovery of things everyone knows, but no one talks about it. Wow, this becomes deadly when it is forced on Jessica Gray. Loudermilch starts sexualizing the child, feeling she has sexual pretension. This is further backed up when he starts making claims to the school counselor, Shelby Parham, that he thinks Jessica's too sensitive. It should not be allowed to go to a school field trip, suggesting to Parham that she was a flight risk, which was a way to isolate her from 
proverbial intentions. Furthermore, in the school recordings, it is implied heavily that Loudermilch is fixated with Jessica Gray to the point that he is happy at her death, feeling he escaped capability for his actions. His willingness to go after and blame established when he suggests that Jessica was not morally ethical with her potential charms, so it was a fate that she would die. Loudermilch stated that Jessica was resilient, smiley, flirty, not even aware of the power she had. Wow, he's definitely sick. Loudermilch is a manipulative, and he also manipulates religion to his own belief. When Blake discovers Jessica, he has disconluded a confused young boy on the nature of the events. In Blake's flashback, Loudermilch speaks of Blake being generous and thanks him. Thought it is all very condescending when Loudermilch had found Jessica and Blake. He actually had plans to molest her, so he told Blake to go home. The actions made Jessica panic, making her plead Blake to stay, which he listens to initially. However, this makes Loudermilch specifically shame Blake through Blake says that he hasn't done anything romantic or sexual with Jessica, which is the truth. The priest states that shame is a gift from God. And Blake feels ashamed his righteousness as he shows him he has done something wrong. He also manipulates Blake by trying to make him leave by saying with malicious intent that if he didn't, he would get in trouble. Furthermore, he insists on Blake leaving so that the situation did not become more awkward. His actions toward Jessica are less exaggerated, separated, but very manipulative. Loudermilch uses his deceitfulness, friendly voice, and say that he just wanted to be friends with the duo and make things right. He even threatens on calling Jessica's father and Blake's parents, which make the children afraid at these actions. Jessica is saddened and looking away, but Loudermilch holds Jessica's shoulders and tells her to help him make things right. He then carelessly her face when he says to her to pray with him. This line makes Jessica panic and desperately plead Blake to stay. It is implied that he spoke this line before sexually assaulting her, which is why it triggered this response. The game does not specifically tell you how Blake could hear Loudermilch in her thoughts, but it is speculated that this is due to the radio frequencies that are emitted by the towers. Additionally, Loudermilch may have been the priest who told Blake that music of the birds is proof of God's existence. Presence in their recording as the priest was the music teacher of St. Symbol. Physical Description Loudermilch is a tall, slim, middle-aged man with light brown eyes, black receding hairline, and a large birthmark on his forehead that's red. Looks like a burn mark, honestly. He wears a priest robe and a dark, clingy shirt tucked in, black pants, black pants, with a matching belt around his waist. So he's dressed like a regular priest, okay? That's what they're trying to get at. Loudermilch, as the demon, is nude and coated from head to toe in blood. He has multiple limbs, an inhumane, long, pulsing tongue, and is noseless, jawless, and lipless. Trivia. The shadow version of Loudermilch demon is making a masturbatory gesture with one of his hands around its groin foreshadowing the perversion nature of Loudermilch's character. In his concept art, Loudermilch is shown bearing the cross of the Testament of the new Ezekiel. 
This might suggest that in the early versions of the character was somehow connected to the cult. This is further supported by the fact that his dialogue is labeled with the cult in the demo's game files. Panning Blake's vision intensely to the right, he is dragged before his crucifixion reveals Loudermilch to be one of the observers alongside other scalped villagers before disappearing as it is revealed in the third person mode. So my opinion about Father Loudermilch, he's a fucking creep. I don't really remember like the scenes with Father Loudermilch besides that one with Jessica Gray and they were in the um what's it called cafeteria closet or whatever the hell I said earlier. Yeah, cuz Blake actually liked Lynn. He didn't like Jessica, but Jessica liked Blake. You know, and Lynn and Jessica were friends, but Blake liked Lynn instead of Jessica, but Jessica liked Blake. So, yeah. Of course, there was no lovey-dovey shit going on, but it was kind of weird that when you're walking down the hallway, Jessica makes you walk down, like, every freaking hallway until you pass the music room where Father Loudermilch is, you know, which I think it's a little bit weird how Father Loudermilch is the only person there. Like, you see that it talks to, um, you know, Miss Param about Jessica not going on the field trip, but how come there was nobody else there? How was he able to sexually assault her in the school? Is what I'm trying to like wrap around my head. Because not every kid in the school is going on that field trip. Especially to a fucking piano museum. That is definitely weird as hell if you ask me. On top of that, how did they, you know, think it was a suicide when you literally can tell she has a broken neck? There's nothing that she was hanging from. She didn't hang herself. She didn't shoot herself. She didn't take pills and overdose. So how the fuck did they come up with the conclusion that, oh yeah, Father Loudermilch is right, she committed suicide? Come on now. That makes no sense. Even with Blake's testament and pretty much saying, hey, Father Loudermilch is innocent, still wouldn't be enough, honestly. And that's the difference between a video game and real life. And there's no way this man would have been able to just break her neck that easily by throwing her down the stairs when you've only thrown her down like a few steps that's not enough to break somebody's neck unless if you threw her down on the steps and stepped on the back of her neck maybe but for the most part i just don't see that being as easy you know especially when you fall down the stairs you're not like sliding down like three or four steps right at the bottom you know the only way he would have been able to pull it off if he was like really, really like threw her over the rail. I mean, that could have been the thing. She could have made it up to the second story and he could have grabbed her and tossed her over the rail. And then like she fell and broke her neck and then slid down the stairs. That I can understand. But that's the only way I could see it. But yeah, Father Loudermilch is a freaking child molester is what he is. And the fact that he's saying that, oh, now that Jessica's dead, these urges and impulses and all that stuff's going to get away now. I'm free from this curse. She wasn't flirty towards him. Furthermore, she was flirty towards Blake. God forbid she was overbearing for Blake. You think you had it bad, Louder Milch? You should have seen the way she treated Blake. But also, you molesting her, saying, hey, let's make things right. You're pretty much saying, hey, Blake, go home so I can close these doors in this music room and I can fuck Jessica, because I've done it before. But then she screams, 
runs out the door and goes running down the hallway. Then you see Loudermilch chasing her. Blake, who's already halfway down the fucking hallway, has to run, run down the hallway, and then go through the door of the music room and out the other door of the music room and back into the hallway, and you keep running. And by the time, you know, you get there, it's pretty much too late. Because, like, right when you're stepping out of the music room back into the hallway... Father Loudemilch is already right there near the ending of the hallway. And, you know, Blake is a little boy at this time, so his legs are not as long. So it's like, you know, the game knew what they were doing. They were making it so you couldn't catch up with them regardless of what you did. You know what I'm saying? So I fuck with that. I fuck with that heavy. But, yeah, Father Loudemilch is a piece of shit and... We don't know what ever happened. The story never said if he ever went back to teaching class or whatever. But once a pedophile, always a pedophile. There'll just be another Jessica Gray to fill in the spot. And I think Jessica Gray, you know, her mother died and her dad's physically abusive towards her. I guess that's why she's so scared of him, I guess. But, yeah. And Father Loudemilch is using that to his advantage. So he's a piece of shit and deserves to die. Fuck that guy. Yeah, but they did a great job on making that character. Father Loudemilch is just... I mean, even the name sounds fucking weird and creepy. And just look at him and the way he talks, man. And it's sad that there's people out there just like him. That's what really makes it scary. Like, about all the characters throughout the game, all the antagonists, he closely resembles to a normal person. You know what I'm saying? And that's what's really scary. So... I love you sickos. Don't be a pedophile like Father Loudemilch. Don't do anything crazy. Love you guys. Catholics, don't take it to heart. It's just the stigmatism. It is what it is. We love you just as much as we love everybody else. So we'll catch you fuckers in the next episode. And as I mean we, I mean me and the 50,000 voices in my head. Just kidding, I don't have those. But thank God I don't. But I will see you fuckers next week. Peace out and be safe.